Hey, Travis Rogers here. When you're not listening to me on the Lakers pre- and post-game shows, tune in to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, where she goes beyond the play and focuses on athletes, fans, and the biggest events that inspire and shape our community. Listen to The Experience with Laferne Cusack, Sundays, 5 to 6 a.m. ESPN LA 710. Welcome to The Experience. I am Laferne Cusack. Thank you so much for joining me. Today we have a special show for you. We have Mr. Kevin Bailey. He's a motivational speaker and trainer, and we're talking about living your best life. Welcome to the show, Kevin. Thank you, LaFern. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so happy you're here because so many people are going through things that they may not know how to get out of or adjust or rethink. Excellent, excellent. You've been doing this for over 20 years. Yes, I've been doing this for about, going on 24 years, working with individuals. I started off working with the healthy, the athlete that wants to get in shape for the upcoming season all the way to the... 101-year-old that just was glad to be alive and wanted to keep moving. She loved to exercise and feel healthy, but working with those individuals, and my main thing is to try to help people to not only take control of their health, but just to take control of their mental state and their mental health as well, because it's all connected from the way we think and from what we think it ends up being what we actually do to our state of being and what we believe. So just helping those individuals to feel good about themselves and not only just to feel good about themselves, they're able to give that good feeling to the ones that they were placed in this earth to affect and to be a part of their lives. So from their family members to their co-workers to their churches and um, organizations and all those things so that they can be one that when they come around, people are glad to see them. Oh, I can't wait to see LaFont. So instead of, oh, there she goes, oh, Lord, let me do. So that's what I like doing is helping people to smile and feel good about themselves and, and the people that they're around. What propelled you in this direction to start helping people? First of all, I got out of shape and, and, and became just not feeling good about myself. You know, I was an athlete, played football, and, you know, I didn't like the workout, didn't like running. I just did it because it was a part of the game. I mean, you're going to be on the field and play. you got to be in some type of shape. So, right. You know. Just a little bit. Season. Just a little bit of shape. <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just enough to get by. But um, so spent a lot of time doing that, and but I love to eat. Loved to eat, loved to eat, thought about food all the time. So when I, after I finished playing in college and it was over, I remember I, I stopped working out because I didn't like that, but I kept eating and kept eating and kept eating. I remember gaining like 30 pounds in three months. And so um, I went home that summer to see him. I have an older brother that's 10 months older than I am. And I had a T-shirt on with your arms out. And it looks like, you know, somebody's, you know, older guy would wear it. And he looked at my stomach and I guess my stomach was sticking out. And in my mind, I still thought I was getting good shape and fine. Right. So uh, he, was, he poked my stomach. And you remember the commercial for the Pillsbury Doughboy? Yes. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, yeah, he pushed my stomach and did that. And I was like, what? No, not me. No, push your own stomach. He's like, you look, you know, I was in my early 20s. He's like, you look like somebody's dad. Oh, my no. old dad. Out of shape dad. And I was like, no, I don't. And so he was telling the truth because I looked in the mirror at myself and I was like, Oh, yeah, I do look like I'm out of shape. So I got got back in shape, started working out, and I lost those 30 pounds in about 12 weeks. But I I only changed from the peripheral. I only changed, you know, what I was doing momentarily. I never changed the way I thought about food. So I ended up going on this roller coaster up and down, back and forth, you know, lose 10, gain 20, lose those 20, gain 30, you know, back and Mm -hmm. forth, back and forth, until... About 13 years ago, my my mom 
people I was very close to, she she had a heart attack. And so she ended up dying from heart disease. Mm-hmm. So she had mitral valve, you know, you know, from the heart attack was damaged and they couldn't repair it. She was going to have bypass surgery. When she had bypass surgery, they said, oh, you're going to feel so much better, have so much energy. And what ended up going from a four-hour operation turned into like a 12-hour ordeal. And so they turned, called us in, said she's not going to make it off the table. And once that happened, you know, I, I didn't hear anything else he said after that. Right. Because I just shut down because it was supposed to be a routine thing, and she was only uh, 56 years old. Wow. So that made me look at my life differently. It was like, okay, you know, this is a little bit in my, this is in my family history. Um, she was diabetic, and then, it, you know, diabetes, when you have diabetes, you're four times more likely to have a heart episode or heart attack. So taking that in consideration, didn't know that then, but know it now. Mm-hmm. So I need to, you know, be very mindful of my own health because, you know, at the time I had a three-year-old, and now he won't be able to see his grandmother. I won't be able to ask her about, you know, raising children, things of that nature, past history, all those things that you just need your mom for. I, I, was, I came up from a single-parent home, and that was like, my closest friend, mm-hmm. you know, who loved me and who, you know, sacrificed and did all these things for me that I couldn't appreciate until I became a parent. And so I decided right then and there that I was going to change my own life and I was going to live the life the best I could live it. And I was going to honor her in, you know, doing this because, you know, and, and also let me mention this about how you think and feel. I, I became depressed. Yes. Because yeah. she was gone and I didn't have her. And I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to, you know, go to family events. I didn't want to see my mother, my, my um, wife with her mother because it reminded me of my relationship that I didn't have my mom. Why could my mom be here? <laughs> so, you know, I didn't handle it well. And I became depressed. I didn't realize I was depressed by what? Right. right. You don't know it until you're not depressed anymore. You exactly. come out of it. It's... Until you're in the middle of it. And so, I mean, I just, I did. I didn't want to see anybody, nothing. So, I, but I wanted to eat. Yes. So I started eating again and started eating and eating and food became my best friend, but it wasn't healthy for me. And so right then and there, when I realized suddenly, okay, I can't honor her and do anything about a death, but I can't honor her by dishonoring my own body. And what about the people who, you know, I've been placed here for, my, my wife and my son, what kind of example can I be for them? You know, don't make them suffer because you're depressed and hurting. Mm-hmm. So I had to find a why, and I wanted to be, and my why was I need to be here for my son. I need to be the best I can be for him so that I don't leave this earth early and not be here to see him get married, to, to help him with little league sports, to help him with his homework, to help him just to be a man. I, I wanted to be here for him. I want to be here for my wife so that she wouldn't be left raising a son by herself. Mm-hmm. So all those things came into play. And then I realized when I was depressed, my thinking was, woe is me. What's going to happen to me? Oh, why can't you be here for me? Me, 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 me. And I had to break out of me and, and try to give love to others. So I decided to change my life, to go ahead, and, and I ended up dropping like close to 40 pounds in, the, in about 13 weeks. And then I kept it off ever since that point. And so I felt amazing because I had myself back. I was smiling again. 
Everybody recognized that I was a happy person, and when they didn't see that, it was always, what's wrong? They didn't know how to help me. But now I'm happy, energetic, vivacious, mm-hmm. and had a purpose and a mission to help people who were, felt like they were trapped, felt like they were hopeless, felt like they could not get unstuck, help them to get unstuck. And not only by thinking healthier thoughts, but then by taking those healthier thoughts and transforming into your body. And now that, not only do you look good, but you feel good, and you can pass it on that energy on to the ones that you are around, your loved ones, your businesses, all those things can be affected just by you changing you. Right. When you started on your journey to wellness, what was the first step that, or the second step? Because first you had to acknowledge what was happening. Yes. And then what was your next step into that journey? The next step was, after I acknowledged the journey, was to really, truly change the way I felt about food and about food and and in particular I was one I like chips and Doritos and, <laughs> and that was my thing you know that was my thing you know I could eat a good big bag of Doritos finish it off watch a good movie and then I go get <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Go get my son's bag, and then I get my wife's bag, and you know, because they were just playing around with. It. They they would just eat one. Mm-hmm. I couldn't just eat one. It was like, what's that? Lay's? You just can't eat one. That right. was Kevin. I can't eat one. I needed one, two bags, three bags, and so I said, you know, French fries, all it's salty stuff. That was my thing, but I had to decide. Okay, I have a wrong relationship here, and in order for me to change, I have to divorce the chips. Mm. I have to just walk away from it. Because it's like almost, it's the same thing that an alcoholic has to do with alcohol. He can't play with it. He can't just drink on the weekends. He can't drink every now and then. He has to quit it altogether mm-hmm. in order to change. So that's why I do. I had to walk away from it. And it was hard. And so I went to, I said, okay, I can't quit cold turkey, but I'll just go to a little, uh, what is the little grab bags mm-hmm. instead of a big bag, grab bag. Then I'll eat it just one a day. Okay, I stuck to that. Let me go one every other day. <laughs> right. You know, so I only went to that, and then it was one time. So okay, one every other day. I got some space here. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take this day and eat it yes. and see what happens. And then I walked away. And so from that point on to this day, I have not had any Doritos, chips, all that kind of French fries, nothing. Wow. And even though. I've been places, and I didn't order any fries. You know, you get something without the fries, and they give you fries anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you're sitting there, and you're thinking about it. You're like, oh, <laughs> I don't want food to go to waste, but yes. I can't. I can't. So I had to end up throwing it away and wow. just walk away from it. So, But that was changing the way I thought about it. So now I don't eat that. My identity has changed because you have to change your identity of who you are. In the moment, so I am Kevin who eats healthy, and if and part of Kevin who eats healthy doesn't eat potato chips, Doritos, and French fries. Because if I don't think that way, it will be Kevin who, well, I'm, I'm on a I'm on a diet or I'm on a temporary thing, and when I lose my weight, I will go back to eating a little bit of it. And I know me, I don't eat a little bit of anything. Right. I'm either all in, all out, so I'm going to eat all of it. And when I got tired of stop, had to stop lying to myself. And change my identity, or and I call it lying to myself because I already know deep down inside what how I feel about it. So I had to yes. change who I was, the way I thought about it, the process, and the identity. And now, if you know, when I have that moment or had that moment of temptation, well, Kevin, you you eat healthy, and uh-huh. I, I even put that on my refrigerator. <laughs> Kevin is a healthy eater. Kevin eats healthy. Ah, uh, right. 
So it's like in, ingrained in you. like it's, Absolutely. Yeah. It is. To see that every time I go to the refrigerator because it reminds me and then I repeat it and read it. And after a while, your brain gets used to that. And so that pops up. And so you, you don't want to live incongruent to what you believe. But it's also, you touched on something that's like you're taught as a child, you better eat everything on that plate. You know, don't waste anything. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially if you come, my, we didn't have much money. And it was, like I said, a single parent home and grandma and they would cook. First of all, you don't have a choice right. on what you're going to eat. So the food is there, and you eat all of it. You clean that, clean your plate, clean your plate. And so breaking that habit of, you know, you're wasting food, and people starving wherever they are in, in, in Africa and all these places. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but is that the healthiest choice? And what is that doing for my longevity? And so I had to make that trump all else. It had to trump all else because if not, you never break the cycle. It'll go back to it. And that's a strong, and like you said, childhood. So that program has been running in your mind for years and years and years and years and years and years, mm-hmm. years, and years 15, 20, 30, some 40 years of clean your plate, clean your plate, clean your plate. And then you learn, well, I need to leave some room there because I don't need to overeat. Right. What types of foods did you focus on to lose all that weight in those 12 weeks, 13 weeks? Okay, so the first thing I did was I had to divorce that, all the things that had, you know, that was high in a glycemic index, and that's foods that you eat that causes your blood sugar levels to rise astronomically and very quickly, fast when you consume it. So potatoes, you know, you you hear about the white stuff, potatoes, uh, sugar, 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 had to divorce sugar, all types of sugar, grains, breads, anything that would spike my blood sugar levels. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I kind of, you know, looked at a glycemic index chart when I first began. I also um, started eating more, you know, vegetables, more, you know, I didn't like vegetables, but I said, okay, I need to do this, broccoli. And so I started eating that until that became, you know, something that I really enjoyed eating. Mm-hmm. Um so breads, things of that nature, I had to stay away from. But I started eating more greens, almonds, things of that nature. Just recently, a couple, about three years ago, more macadamia nuts, things of that nature had uh, monounsaturated fats, things that were satiating because fats and protein are more satiating than just carbs, period. Mm-hmm. And they have a, a lower effect on your blood sugar levels, meaning they don't get erratic. When your blood sugar levels get erratic, so if you eat sugar or something along those lines, you have that spike because you feel, oh, yeah, you, you have that sugar rush, and then you're coming down, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the wall. <laughs> it's like you're looking, exactly, you're looking for something. <laughs> sweet tooth. Right. You, you know, you need, I need my sweet tooth. I need some sugar. And then you end up getting that, and you do the same roller coaster. So to break that, you got to keep your blood sugar levels level stable. So protein and uh, fats, healthy fats, are what I've started focusing more on than carbohydrates and keeping them low. Then I, I made sure that I got on a routine of training on a consistent basis. I tell people, you know, you know thyself. So what is your routine? I'm not a, I, again, I'm an all-in, all-out, as I am or I'm not. Mm-hmm. So the workout Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that didn't work for me. I need to go pretty much the five days or six days a week and take a day off. Wow. So I can get into the rhythm and the routine because once I get in the rhythm and routine, it's harder to break that because now I, it's gotten into me. It's almost become a part of who you are. It's imbi- you've embodied that, that habit, and now when you don't do it, something feels off. You don't feel right. Mm-hmm. It's just like brushing your teeth, and that's how I wanted to become. You brush your teeth every day, and so if you've ever in life you know, been 
for having brushed your teeth for whatever reason, you feel like, oh, Something. I didn't brush my teeth. Oh. <laughs> oh, let me, you know, you're talking low, you got your hand over your mouth, you're talking to people. What's wrong with you? Oh, nothing. No, nothing. Right. No. You're hoping they don't, did they smell me? Did they smell breath? You know, that kind of thing. They're going to talk about yep. me, you know, all this stuff. But I want it to become that kind of habit on the inside of you. So, because if it does, it becomes a habit when you embody it, it's going to be easier to do. Right. So you embodied the habit, and then once this kicked in, I assumed that you stuck to the same foods, or... Yes. So I I pretty much, because that's part of my personality, too, so I I, I can eat the same thing and be cool, you know, because it it makes it easy for me. I don't have to think about it too much. I just (laughs) grab it, boom, boom, boom. And then I can, you know, vary it a little bit. So I don't eat turkey burgers or, you know... Uh, lean uh, chicken breast, things of that nature, uh, some vegetables. I guess I could eat broccoli all the time, but then I'll throw in some spinach or salad or something along those lines. Um, and then every now and then, I throw in a sweet potato or something like that just to kind of spice it up um, and do something differently. But those things, but I stayed in the realm of, you know, keeping the vegetables, green leafy vegetables, um, staying away from the things that can spike your blood sugar levels, even, you know, white potatoes, things of that nature. Uh, trying to stay away from those, staying away from the breads, like divorcing the breads, and sticking to that routine. So changing up some of the proteins and meats, getting fish, um, and things of that nature, and really sticking to that. Oh, oh uh, you, you know, and then divorcing some of those other old habits. Like, for instance, uh, we just left football. Well, we're not. College football season is pretty much over. over. Mm-hmm. But I remember, I would, you know, I'm from Athens, Georgia, and the Georgia Bulldogs, you know, mm-hmm. watched them play. And I felt like every time you, had, you watched a football game, you need to eat. You know, nachos and cheese. Or, or, or Why, of course. Food. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, of course, you know, what it, it's not a game unless you can eat, you know, Doritos or, or you know, um, nachos and chips. So, but I had to break that. I was like, uh, I can, I had to tell myself, and it was hard. I had to shake a little bit, but you can watch the game without eating that. You can still <laughs> enjoy the game without eating that. Okay, yes. oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yes, you can. Try it. And so I sat and watched the game without it, you know, and if I got that big of a urge, I, I had a bicycle in my in my room, and I would just get on the bike and kind of ride it a little bit, cause, you know, to kind of break habit. Yes. So that, you know, because that's something I had embodied doing, so do something a little bit different. Um, sometimes I would go to the gym and watch the game at the gym while I was walking on treadmill or running or whatever the case may be to break that cycle. And once you do that a few times, you, you're changing your brain and your thought pattern of, hmm, this actually felt pretty good. You know, I worked out and I watched the game and it was a good game. And I'm, you broke, I've broken the mode. So now a new habit can start, you know, because you broke that old pattern. Exactly. Yes. And so that was the biggest thing is breaking those old habits and patterns. I have to get up in the morning and do it as well. I'm more of a, I became a morning person because, you know, it's very little things happen early, like at 530 is where, you know, no one's calling you, telling you, hey, can you pick up something? No, not at 530. <laughs> <laughs> not at 5 and 530. No, that's not that. So you have fewer to zero interruptions during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I try to do it in the evening, and then it's like, you know, you get these phone calls, my wife wants me to do this, or uh, our client, you know, they're running late, and that throws you, all those, everything in the sun, your son needs you to pick something, you know, all this stuff, you got a project. But at 5.30, 
<laughs> no one, no one is amazing. You can just float through and talk to yourself and all kinds of stuff. Exactly. And you just have the best time because no one's interrupting you. And again, that helped with creating the habit of exercising. So, yes. So, so Kevin, tell us how this transitioned into you bringing on clients and and people that are attracted to you know your living with a purpose. Yes. So. It, the, the way that came about was I, I've always, I always like helping people and I always, um, you know, liked, you know, I, it, well, let me back up. I always like helping people, but this fitness stuff and working out and all this was it's always been interesting to me, even though I didn't like it, like it at first, it was interesting to me. And so, you know, when I was, after I finished college, I was just, trying to find, you know, where I can make the most money, not what I was passionate about, all this other stuff. So I was I gotten into the computer industry and was going to, you know, because back then, you know, being an engineer or getting into computers, mm-hmm. that was the wave of the future. And so, you know, that's what you need to do to make the big bucks. And you see all the jobs in the paper, you know, you start off 50, 60, just right out of, you know, college or, mm-hmm. or out of trade school making this money. And I was going to start, you know, studying that stuff. And then, you know, work at a gym on the side. You know, I could do this. Yeah. And, and I ended up getting a job with a chiropractor who had an MDDC practice, meaning he had a medical doctor on staff, and his practice would work um, from a medical standpoint, helping people to rehab from injuries and, and car accidents and, you know, uh, accidents, um, athletic accidents, things of that nature, or just pulls and tears. And so I started working there, but I was just doing that because that came natural to me. Mm-hmm. And other stuff, you know, I was going to go for the big career. And then, but when I got into the computer stuff, I realized, okay, I don't really even like this. <laughs> I'm just doing it. Why am I doing this? Yes. It was just like, I don't like being closed in. I don't like sitting at the, a computer all this long. And then it just hit. And then I was like, well, they always say find something you're passionate about. Find something you really like. And I was like, well, well, something that comes easy to you. I was like, well, this stuff at the gym and Exxon and all this stuff, that's pretty easy. And then I just retweaked the way I was thinking. And it was like a shift. It was like, you know, oh, maybe, just maybe I was crazy to do this. And so I started taking it on, and I got my first person. And then I realized I do really love this because I love helping people. I love seeing people smile. I love people helping people to get out of pain. You know, I, I, right now I work with clients and I do uh, medical exercise, so post-rehab. So let's say, for instance, a person has, you know, a knee injury or they had a knee replacement or they have patellofemoral syndrome or something, hip, and they want to get back in the gym, they just had surgery, but they're not quite ready to gym, but they've just got beyond PT, I grab them, help the rehab them, help them to build that muscle up, and then help them to devise a plan so that they don't repeat the same pattern that got them to their place before, like runners, uh, people who exercise enthusiasts, or people who've never done it before, but they've gotten into these awkward walking patterns. So all those things brought me to that place and then I just started getting more and more into it until um, it's gotten to a point where I just help people to feel good. And when they don't feel good, hey, come see me. I want to help you feel good. So how do you go about changing the mindset of someone who had surgery? Because that, that's a major thing. And then 
you know, your your body is adjusting to a new way of feeling and walking and, you know, just communicating in life. Right. So um, once they get out of surgery, there a lot of times most of they are have they're motivated to get back to where they were before they got into pain. And so the surgery, more, most likely they are in hope of, I'm going to be better after having the surgery. And so they go in with that mindset a lot of times, and, when, and for most times because the surgeon tells them they're going to feel better, we're going to repair this or fix this or whatever the case may be. And so I grab them, they're hurting and in pain, but the hope of this is where we want to get you to. Mm-hmm. You know, we got it repaired. You know, we have a new knee. You have a new hip, whatever the case may be. Let's strengthen the muscles around there and in hopes of even possibly being stronger than you were before you went in or before you even got injured. And so that with that hope, you have something you're reaching for. You have something you're striving for. Now, because if I can be even better than I was before, I don't have to turn back. Right. I don't have to worry about this happening again. And I do some of those things I used to do that brought me great joy. And so people like to get back to that point. You know, golfers want to get back to playing golf. People who play tennis want to get back to playing tennis. And even if they can't get back to playing at the level that they played before they got injured, they just want to play because they love the sport. Yes. So if you can bring hope to playing again and doing something that you love doing and that brings you joy and exhilaration in this life, then, hey, let's get there. Let's go for it. Right. Just to touch back on, you know, finding things that come easy for you so you can continue to move forward. So you're going from an office job to, you know, helping people. So what do you do to help that person who may be in the same situation see, well, you know, you're in this job, you're supporting your family how do you get them to get out of that fear of doing what they love to do versus doing what they have to do? Absolutely. That's an excellent question. And how I got there is, is a different story because I got laid off from uh, one of my jobs. And so going on my own, I had to. But even before that, when you're doing something and you dread going every day mm-hmm. and you start, it gets to a point of where, you don't even like it, you, you know, you, you, you got to work, but I don't like being here. Mm-hmm. You start thinking about, okay, from a mental health standpoint and from a physical standpoint, you're starting to turn on your own system. And so we were created to feel good and to produce good chemicals within ourselves and, and how we think, and, and those things are supposed to nourish us, uh, you know, serotonin and and. Uh, melatonin levels and those to feel good, dopamine, all those things that make us feel good are suppressed when we are not feeling good or when we're depressed or when we're angry or when we're frustrated. Mm-hmm. So, but then negative chemicals get released, and so that's when that starts breaking down the system, then you feel like you're under stress, and then your body is not at ease. So you want to, I'd like to tell people, just that fact alone, you know, stress levels in your own health, if you're not doing something that you love doing or you have an excitement about, then you're going to run the risk of not being as effective as you can even at that job. And, you know, we've only give, we've, we're only given this one life and this one shot. Yes. 
So we need to make and take advantage of it. You don't want to get 70 and say, oh, I wish I had done something I love to do, or 80 or whatever the case may be, or retired and say, I should have done this back then, mm-hmm. when you can have the opportunity that's set before you. And if there's something that you, and I try to get them to connect with, what are you already passionate about? What comes easy to you? What do people say, hey, um, they get your advice on it, or what do you think about it, or they always want you to do it. What is that thing? Uh, is it listening? Because, you know, that's huge. Yes. You just listen to somebody. And that's a, I was a good listener, so that helps me to hear what people are actually communicating to me, so now I can help them. But if I'm not listening, it's hard to help somebody that, you know, because you, you're trying to talk. You know, I listen to what they <laughs> Right. So that, that was a skill I had to, uh, well, something, a passion and a skill that I realized I had when I went through what am I actually good at, because people would say that they want to tell me all their issues. And I was like, why are they telling? And I was because you listen, you know, you do it non-judgmentally as well, and you listen to what they're actually saying. And people need to be heard and loved. And anyway, so, but I get them to connect with that thing on the inside of them that they love doing, that they lose themselves in, that they lose time and you, you get so caught up into it that you, the time goes by fast. Oh, where's the time go? The whole hour went because you're passionate about what you're doing. Your mind is engaged totally into that thing. And so if they can connect with that and then, okay, now you see this, uh, is there anyone in this world or this whole world that makes money at it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who? And then you find, they find that person and how do they do it? And then they, nine times out of 10, you see it's not as hard as you thought it was. Right. And if you're passionate about it, you put your whole self into it, and then the journey won't seem as difficult as you thought it was, and you can overcome the fear. And that passion can drive you to the place of where you overcome whatever obstacle or climb whatever hill or mountain or whatever the case may be, and you'll get there because you know, hey, I was created to do this. Yes. Talk about... Uh, talk a little bit more about, you know, turning your purpose into a mission and, and raising your vibration. Yes. So once I figured out, okay, I was, I, I like these things that are physical. I'm very, you know, visual kinesthetic as a learner. So I like to have to touch, you know, feel, grab. I like to move, all those kind of things. Then I realized this is where I fit and I started getting into it. And the more I got into it, the more I realized, hey, this is what I like doing. So when you find out of your passion or out of your purpose what you're created to do, now how can you serve others with it? And that's where your mission comes from, serving other people with it. Because it wasn't just given to you just for you. And even though your whole vibration and your what vibrations – when we feel good, we send off good vibrations. You know, your 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 spirit, your soul, everything vibrates at a certain frequency. So, if that's the case, you know, you be and and I mean that. So, have you ever been around somebody and just being around them, you felt better mm-hmm. because they're so happy and they're so positive, and you're like, I don't know, I just around Eugene and Eugene, I feel so good about being around <laughs> Eugene. Uh, and so, you and just because they have this elevation is good vibration because their thoughts, your thoughts vibrate and they send vibrations. And so when you think good thoughts, that sends good emotions into you and you, you release good chemicals and you feel good based by your thinking. Um, so when I felt good about who I was and what I was doing and helping people, 
more people wanted to come around and more mm-hmm. people started coming to me and asking me advice and things of that nature. And it was because they said, oh, you're very passionate, you're enthusiastic about what you what, what you do. And it was because I had found that mission, that purpose to help people to feel good. And and I see them smile, so it makes me smile. And so I'm smiling, now they're smiling. Mm-hmm. And so if you smile, smile, somebody smiles back. And that was a part of that mission as well. And it's simple, so it doesn't have to take much. Uh, right now, after uh, I always ask people, how do you feel? Do you feel good? How do you feel? And they say, feel good. Hey, we're there. We're there. They were there. I see them smiling. Or if I can get them to smile. You know, before they leave, that's what I purpose to do because I know that they're feeling good and they're feeling better when they leave than when they came. And that's that's a mission within itself. And so when you can find that, then you know that your everything is in a good harmony and good vibration and you're feeling good and you're you know, accomplishing that which you were set out to accomplish. And then you have different visions and helping people, but if you can stick with that purpose, that mission that's born out of the purpose of why you put here, then you're always staying congruent to who you truly are. Yes, absolutely. This is ESPN LA 710. I'm Laferne Cusack speaking with Kevin Bailey, motivational speaker, trainer, and uh, he's getting us in the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, I know as, as someone who has tried and tried and tries you know who i forgot what comedian says you keep trying you keep trying fail you keep trying try and fail keep trying try and fail and after a while you're just like oh how do you when you have someone that you help uh fall off the track how do you get them motivated to get back on it because we all do it you know you're not a hundred percent happy all of the time or a hundred percent you know at the peak of your existence all of the time. Yes, well, and that's very true, because we all do. We we fall off in the wagon or the horse or whatever your case may be. And so after you fall enough times, you, you're like, I'll just stay here a little while. Let me mm-hmm. stay on the ground. Uh, I've been there, done that, and gotten the T-shirt and trophy for it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but what, what, what I like to tell people is that, you know, you know it's going to happen. But you just, all you need to do is just remind yourself, this is a journey. And I am in control of the rules. I am in control over the start and stop time of it. And I can start over at any time. So I can hit the reset button. And I tell people to reset, you know, reset. We're starting over from scratch. You know, like the 90-day challenges they have or 30-day challenges. And let's say you get into day one. Day one, it just goes downhill. Day two goes down the hill. Day three goes down the hill. Okay. We're, we're, we're starting day one again. And you start day one <laughs> until your day one is successful. Then you go day two. And that way you're starting over, you're resetting, and then eventually you're getting some momentum going. And I like to tell people, get the momentum going. It's like, you you remember um, as a young child, I remember like the merry-go-round, like you mm-hmm. we would play on it and we would run, and you got to run to get it going. You're right. You run, 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 then you jump on it. It's like it goes in a circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but you had to, first it took some effort and strain to get it going because <laughs> you had to get the thing going. Enough people get around it, and then as it starts moving, it's going faster. Now it's easier. Now you can hop on it. Well, that's how it is in starting any type of habit or change. 
it's going to be a little bit of a challenge in the beginning because you got to put more effort, more work into getting started. But once you get going, you get some momentum going, it's a little bit easier. Then you hop on. And then the only thing you need to do now is just put your foot down every now and then when it slows down a little bit just to keep it going. Yes. And then you put your foot back on. But do you find that people, uh, when they're in that mode of, oh, my goodness, I have all this to do, they're, they get in a sense of overwhelm because they're looking far past what is the present. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. And what ends up happening is that you try to redirect them back to, you know, the right here, right now, and just taking the first step. And sometimes, you know, I've even had people to say, okay, let's back all the way up. What's the one thing you can do that you know you can do that's the easiest thing without fail Mm -hmm. that would move you closer to whatever your goal is? Well, if I, 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 can you drink one cup of water? (laughs) Not even a whole glass of cup. You start with a cup. Oh, yeah, I can do that, Kevin. That's no big deal. I can, okay, we'll start there. Start there. Yes. And let's do that for five days. Okay, did it. And now we can add to that, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But if you get a little bit of success, it'll breed more success because success breeds success, and it will help propel you because now you got some wins under your belt. And, again, you control the game, so mm-hmm. control the game. So now you, you rig it. Rig it for you to win. Ah, I like that. Absolutely. So and once you do mm-hmm. that, you you know that you can succeed, and then you just still build upon it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then you can start to fall in love with the process mm-hmm. and not just the end result of the goal. You know, because goal can come and change, and then you can be look look so overwhelming and so big and so huge that oh, I'll never reach it. But right. just step back from that and just go back to rig the test. You have the answers, and then just go from there and build up until you succeed. But that's true. Your goals can change from day to day. So I can have goal one, but then something happens in my life where like, oh, I want to switch to goal two. I'm no longer trying to get to goal one. Exactly. You got to adapt. Adapt or die, uh, right? Adapt or adapt. And you just change it. And again, it's your, it's your game. So you call all the rules and you change the, change whatever the goal is and then go to that. And, and it, it's so you just – sometimes people just need a starting place. Mm-hmm. And as they progress there, it's like, oh, you know, I don't really want to do that. I want to do X or Y. And they start towards Y. And then also uh, back to what we were talking about earlier, you know, you have to just, again – not beat yourself up, but love yourself in the process, but also be honest with yourself as you're going through and regroup and continue just to talk positively to yourself about this situation. Because I've beat myself up. I've, I've, I've just, you know, almost like, you know, oh, you know, you're never going to, you ain't no good, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> but instead of beating yourself up about it and telling yourself how much you can't do something, just start with that one thing that you can do, and I can do it. I can reach it. I may not get it all in one swoop, but I will get there. And as long as you keep going and don't stop, you'll continuously move and progress yourself towards that goal. It doesn't matter how fast you're going. It's just that you're going forward. Yeah, I saw this uh, movie on Amazon. It's, uh, uh, Brittany Runs a Marathon. Did, have you seen that? I think one of my clients were telling me about it. Yeah, so you're do you're saying everything that happened in the movie. Like, so this woman, she 
was on the brink of getting diabetes. You know, she was partying all the time, drinking and, you know, not she didn't have healthy habits. And the doctor was like, OK, you got to do this for you because you're going to get sick, and end up in the hospital. He goes, just try it. So the first day she went and she walked down the street and then the next day she jogged down the street. The next day she kept adding it up, adding up. But what I loved about this is exactly what you're saying is you got to change your thought process of how you see you. Yeah. Because if you see yourself in a negative way, it doesn't matter how much weight you lose. That's right. You know, and that's, right. that's exactly what happened to her. She she still thought of herself as, you know, an overweight woman that couldn't do anything, doesn't have great relationships. But until she learned that that's not her and she acknowledged what was hurting her, yeah. she was able to... Finish the marathon. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it was it was really good. I I really enjoyed it. But that is so true because, like you said at the beginning of this, is that it's all connected, mind, body, and soul. Everything is connected. It is, and it is so interwoven. It's it's just amazing how how much I tell you, um, you know, changing identity is all that makes all the difference in the world. She saw herself as a runner, mm-hmm. and she changed that. Um, it's so interwoven and so tied in to the point of I'll stretch. So we're stretching. We're breathing. We're stretching. I got the person on their back and they're, I'm telling them to relax while I stretch, you know, relax everything, let your leg go. I'll grab their leg and I'll start, you know, trying to move it in a circular motion. They're helping me move the leg. Mm. Okay, you need to relax. Okay, okay, I'm going to relax. And they start moving again. And it's, it's like, it's, oh, I'm, I'm helping you. Yes, you are. And then I'll, you know, I'll change the order. You know, sometimes you get in a, you know, counterclockwise, and then I'll go clockwise, counterclockwise, back and forth <laughs> to try to break, break it mentally, break it. And it's like they'll they'll start laughing because they know they want to relax. Yes, but it's so in them that to help and take control and not relinquish control. Yeah. It, that they can't, so it's that mind-body connection. Or, you know, if a person, I'll see a person come in, and they are, you know, usually come in, they're pretty, you know, they can eventually relax themselves. But put some stress in their family issues, whatever the case may be, that we all go through, and you can just feel it in their body. Their mm-hmm. back is tight. They're gripping in their neck, their their um, glute. They're squeezing their glute. Why, why is their hip is hurting, hips hurt? And it's they're squeezing their glute, just standing there. And it's like, it's because that's how the response to stress, mind, body. Mm -hmm. So when I'm bracing for pain or for stress, Ah. I brace, I grab, whatever. I hear bad news. You know, you you see something and you do that. That's what we do as a result of seeing stress. And a lot of, we do it in different ways. You know, somebody, some people show, like my shoulders will start rising if I get a little stressed and not really am conscious of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm using the bathroom. And my shoulders are up, jacked up by my ear. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I still I'm using the bathroom? What, Kevin, <laughs> calm down. So I take myself through that process of relaxing and then being more conscious of it so that I don't have a headache, you know, because I'm responding negatively to what's going on. Yeah. My body is very, 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 very closely interwoven and tied. Absolutely. I mean, I when you're talking about that, I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, I'm at work and 
getting up from the chair, I have to brace because I didn't stretch out my right leg enough. And exactly. I'm like, okay, I'm going to brace because I know I'm going to feel pain when I stand exactly. up. <laughs> Anticipate it, yeah. Right. Or, you know, that one negative person in the office, you know, <laughs> you see him walking your way to your office. You're like, oh, brace yourself, you know. <laughs> here it comes. Here, here it comes. What's going to happen? Exactly. Here she comes. She's going to say something. Yeah. <laughs> Start ducking under the desk. <laughs> Hiding. But it's true. And you take all of that on in your body. And yeah. it's so bad for... It, it is. And it's, it's amazing. It takes so, so much to the point of where it becomes a debilitating thing. Yes. Um, people. So just with that scenario, with someone who has a hip issue that has turned into a knee issue... And it's like, I'll start looking at, okay, do you have any structurally having any knee problems? No, they've done x-rays, nothing really wrong. Okay, so then I start working my way up to the hip. So now the hip's tight, okay? Hip's tight, and then you go back to the glute. The glute is tight. Mm-hmm. And then you realize they're, they're just standing. They're gripping their, their glute mm-hmm. just from standing. <laughs> you don't, it don't need to stand. And it's like, okay, this is the issue. Then to get them to relax the glutes so that the glute can calm down, it's not pulling on the patella tendon. It's not pulling on the knee mm-hmm. and pulling on your tendon. Your IT band is not just shifting everything out of whack. But that's just from, and then that all comes back to stress because mm-hmm. you're sending that glute squeezing your bottom mm-hmm. over a long period of time, and then with some wrong faulty patterns, now it's created knee problems that came from stress. Yep, negative response. Fascinating. Yes, I I feel like you you uh, psychically know what was going on with my <laughs> the right side of my body. <laughs> yeah, so just hide under the desk and you see her. <laughs> no, I was like this morning when I was getting dressed, I was like, oh my goodness! After the show, I need to go get a massage because my right side is locked up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's absolutely. radiating down all the way to my knee, to my that, calves. That's it. That's it. That, yep. And so just relax, straighten that leg out while you sit there. Just kind of straighten that leg out. And then, you know, we don't breathe enough. We don't breathe. Lord, we don't right, breathe. Right, Kevin. It's like we're holding our breaths most of the day. Exactly. We're straining through the day. You know, <laughs> press forward. <laughs> and it's like, no, you need to take a, a breath and debreathe, get rid of that out of your system because it's going, that stress, that's why I tell people, the stress, it's going somewhere. Yes. So either you gonna do you control where it goes, or it will it will find a place. Mm-hmm. It will find a place. And then you wonder why why is my neck turned this way? And <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking sideways. Well, because that trap is pulling. Because you've got that right shoulder up by your ear. I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Right. It's fascinating. So, do you find that a lot of your clients go to chiropractors? Then yes, they go to chiropractors, massage therapists. They go PTs, they go everywhere, and they, and it's because of those reasons. So back issues, you know, lower back issues from our posture, our posture from, you know, us looking forward, first of all, then we stress on top of that, now we're caving our chest in, shoulders around it, hunched over, and then we begin to walk like that. And now the back, and then we wonder why our back is hurting is because we're in bad posture and all, and then we end up going to the Cairo. They adjust us. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. 
we adjust those PT fixes the person, but then we don't change the way we think mm-hmm. about our posture, about our stretching, about breathing, and then we end up right back in the same yes. place where we are for another appointment, for another adjustment, for another. Now, 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 my knee is really, you know, bothering me, or mm-hmm. my hip has really turned into a, an issue. Now I'm going to have to have uh, surgery. Uh, uh, my calf, my ankle's hurting now because I'm pushing off so much with my foot because my knee won't work right. Oh. So something got to work and get us from point A to point B. And and it's those things. So my part of what I do too is to try to get people to break those patterns. Yeah, and Kevin. Speaking of posture, so I'm on Instagram, and for everyone out there, you can go to Kevin's Instagram, Kevin Bailey ninety four zero two, Kevin Bailey ninety four zero two. So I'm scrolling through Instagram, and there's these ads that pop up for your posture. Have you seen those where that you put something on your back and it automatically makes you sit up straight? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Something along those lines. It's kind of like a, a reminder, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, that's that's a big thing because we're because <laughs> of these phones. When you're looking at Instagram, you got your head down, <laughs> and, <laughs> so, and, and everything's out of out of whack. And you know, we're already computer, already forward. You know, I have to remind my son, who's 16, that he, you know, that generation. That's all they do. They, yes. they phone happy, and their head is already down, and their shoulders and traps are get tight from yeah. that. So um, I try to get people to remind themselves. You know, when you're sitting, when you're driving in a car. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that your back is against the seat. Because if not, your upper back, because when you lose that contact, you start slouching down, mm-hmm. and then here we go. Same is true. But w- wouldn't it also help when you're working out and your your abs are, you know, tight, and then uh, once you physically get to the point where you're active and you're engaging your muscles, won't you automatically go to... Oh. Y- y- no. Better sh- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so, so when you start working out, but then again, so when you're standing and doing your workouts, if your posture's not good while you're doing it, <laughs> you know, you can train those muscles. You're not going to really hit the muscle the way it needs to be hit. Yeah. And now you're just strong with bad posture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it causes other issues, and it just spirals out of control from there. It, it's, you know, you'll be amazed. Um, I'll tell you something as simple as doing squats. People do squats and don't use their, their bottom, their glutes. Mm-hmm. But people think that because they are doing squats that they're using their glutes. But do you feel your glute? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's a simple. It's, it's just that simple. <laughs> and it's like, okay, uh, hmm, you don't feel it. But you think it's working? Okay, right. you feel your quads, but you don't feel okay. So those kind of things. So just identify, awareness. All this, this whole thing, awareness. Yeah, and it it is like when one thing is off. Like let's say you're not doing, you don't have the correct form, but if you like tweak maybe your elbow in, it makes a huge difference. Yes, and it's like, oh, now I feel it. A huge difference. Small change make a huge difference. Yeah. But it's that small change that people, ah, that don't mean anything. Then they continue to what they're doing until they actually do it. Right. But it, it's it's fascinating. Um, just getting that going, get, just getting your glutes involved will take so much pressure off your back pain. Mm-hmm. 
and SI joint issues and things of that nature because, you know, you're, you're working that muscle. is helping to stabilize it, and it's, it's helping to you know, with your spine as well, taking pressure off. Instead of having that tilt where, you know, your your butt's is underneath you, mm-hmm. and, you know, it looks like, you, you know, you're walking forward. It looks like your pants need to be up by your chest. Yeah. <laughs> Kind of the Urkel look, so to speak. Um, That's back pain. That's back pain. But if you can just change that one little thing, it makes all the difference in the world. So, Kevin, talk about visualization and uh, how you can visualize your best life. So, visualization is getting that, that vision on the inside of you, seeing yourself doing the thing that you want to do and it's part of it's, it's that's part of a, a meditation as well because you can kind of run it over in your mind you roll rolling something over in your mind so when you can see yourself successful or see yourself in a lean body one thing i did uh when i was on my journey is i put up a picture of old picture of myself when i had some good abs good six-pack abs and i put that mm-hmm. picture up and I posted there, and I wanted to look at that for a little while to get that in my head. And then I start seeing myself with those abs. And I didn't want to see myself with, you know, Pill, Pillberry Doughboy. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to see that. I want to see six-pack abs. Right. So that when I think of myself, I want to think of myself as that person that's in great shape. And I want to walk around like that person with great shape. Not, not in a conceited way, but way that made me feel good about myself and like I'm already living in that body, mm-hmm. with that, possessing that. And that's what I want to do. So I started looking at that, and then you can visualize yourself, seeing yourself being, and you run over in your mind, successful in whatever you're doing, whether it be weight loss, whether it be strong with stronger, whether it be getting into whatever, the, your bikini, or whatever that case may be, whatever you want to do and change, but seeing yourself as that person that's doing it. How would that person live? How would that person look? How would that person feel? And then and imagine yourself. You, you, we think thoughts anyway. We imagine different things. We imagine when we worry, that's a negative form of meditation. We look at the, what the worst case scenario. So why not look at the best case scenario and start visualizing and seeing that yourself as that person? Mm-hmm. And after a while, your brain will start remember, remembering those thoughts and those feelings gets into what's in your limbic brain, your emotional brain, and now you got good emotions, you're feeling good as you're visualizing it, and when that gets becomes a part of your brain and that emotional part, um, emotions are usually at the end of an experience. Mm-hmm. So when you have experience, then you have an emotion behind it. So if you're creating this stuff within yourself, you're feeling good, the emotion of feeling good is coming there, you're seeing yourself successful, reaching your goal, whatever the case may be, and now that you're starting to embody it. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to embody it. It's, come along, it's like mental rehearsal. You know, you hear about the people who uh, they visualize themselves making free throws, making free throws, and then you got the people who practice it, and yes. they bring them all together, and they got it, you know, visualized doing it for 30 minutes every day, was making more or just as many free throws as the person practicing it. Yep. Same concept, same concept. So you're seeing yourself... And eventually, this is natural for me. Now it's not a, a dream, a pipe dream. It's something that you've experienced over and over and over again in your mind, and now you're visualizing that, and it's becoming a reality in your life. And I know we talked about having, you know, being in a work environment where some people aren't as positive as you may be, or, you know, there may be some trials and tribulations. How how do you go about helping uh 
the people you work with get through that? Because that all brings in stress and strain on your body and all of that. Well, yeah. So you that and it, and it's a challenge because you you are at work, and so you you're fighting not only the negativity that's coming from them, but you also your response to this. So sometimes because yeah. you want to respond one way. You know, as if you were at home, you know, but you can't. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't, rather. You know, some people do. But um, what what I like to tell people is that you have to just continue, maybe put up some things around your desk or your workspace that reminds you of the person you are, of the positive person you are, mm-hmm. and so that you keep seeing that enough. It's just like we were just talking about. You keep rehearsing that in your mind so that person comes that will eventually pop up as, you know, I'm a positive, oh, they come around with all the negativity, blah, 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 and then you saying something positive to what they're saying that's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, what I do, sometimes I have clients who, <laughs> who they will come and tell me the worst things that in the world that's happened, all the diseases out there. <laughs> they, they tell me, you know, you know, flew up. <laughs> oh, I think I might be, oh, I'm bringing you the flu, all this stuff. They're saying, I can't say what I want to say. <laughs> but, um, I'm, so I'm like, okay. And I'm saying to myself, run through myself, that I'm, I'm healthy and strong and happy, you know. <laughs> my body is healed and well. I, I'm saying these things in my mind because I don't want what they're saying to affect my mental state of being. I don't want, when they leave, I'm mad. First of all, that you told me you told me you bringing me the flu. Why would you bring me the flu? I'm trying to help you to be healthy, and you bring me the flu. What, what kind of foolishness is that? Right. Instead of that, I, I start running through my mind. You know, they don't. They're just who they are. They mean well, and just start telling myself, I, I'm strong and healthy. I, I was trained, and my body's healed and well, and mm-hmm. it works to the perfection to which it was created to function. All those kind of things I keep running through my mind so I can stay positive. Or, you know, if they bring in negativity in, they just got an attitude and they just don't, pessimistic, then just make sure I say something positive to that. Try to, you know, but, you know, you, you, but you're, you're a great person. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. You, you, but, you know, you're a great person, so, you know, you shouldn't even worry about that. Mm-hmm. Something to kind of get them to flip the switch, because if you can get them to think a little bit differently, now they think, okay, well, he thinks I'm great, so I can't do all this complaining. Yeah. The last thing you want to do is join in. Exactly. Yeah, join in. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the West now, uh, we got some mosquitoes in here, so you better be careful, you know. Uh, and all that foolishness. So, but you want to speak positively, yeah. even in the midst of negative beings, so that if nothing else, you can keep your own mind yeah. positive. And then now they will be the ones who say, well, you know, Kevin's very positive. You know, he, he I went, I go talking to all that foolishness and uh, I'll complain, but he never complains. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Maybe I could do that. You know, so, you know, the whole Jamaican thing of, oh, everything's fine, man. It's all irony, you know. <laughs> so my, my mom, she, 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 she passed away as well, but she, she, what do I say? She was Jamaican. She is Jamaican. She was Jamaican. We'll say, yeah. Okay. She is Jamaican. Yeah. Um, so it always was like, uh, Lafern, don't do that. The man with the machete gonna get you or, you know, <laughs> d- something like she would always turn something into something negative and, you, you know, go, th- but that was just the process of, I guess the the family dynamic or 
uh, I would I don't want to generalize all Jamaicans, but in my conversations with family and other Jamaicans, that's just how they talk. <laughs> don't eat that; you're going to get fat. You know, <laughs> like they do. And that only perpetuates like fear and negative and everything else. You scared to do anything, right? I grew up afraid and didn't know until I was in my thirties that the man with the machete didn't exist. So. <laughs> Everyone in Jamaica has a machete because there's oh, sugar cane and mangoes in the backyard. <laughs> of course, everyone has a machete. You never knew which man. Was <laughs> right. So, but going through that process of, oh, okay, this isn't reality. This isn't my reality. You say what you want. I'm sending love and light to you. That's right. Move yeah, on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Move on. That's right. Move on. <laughs> So, uh, Kevin, if you could just give us some top tips to make it through this week and into our new year, um, a a few tips, what would you say? Okay, so first of all, just just love yourself, know yourself, know yourself. So, and I mean that one tip I tell people is know thyself. I know, Kevin Bailey, Mm -hmm. I know that if I... Go home with a cake or the chocolate Godiva cheesecake. <laughs> I know I am going to eat the entire cake. <laughs> yes. It's going to be, it's going down. It's going down. I'm not throwing it away. It's going down. Because so, you're committed. <laughs> I, I, I know this. So do not take the cake home with me and I'll be fine. Do not go buy a cake and then tell myself, oh, I'm just going to eat one and then I'll give the rest that. No, don't do that. Don't even play with it. So I just need to say that's one. So know thyself. Know you. Know, know you. Don't And be honest with yourself. And just if you're going to do something, go ahead and do what you need to do. But if not, just know yourself. Mm-hmm. Secondly, too, you know, don't if you're going to do it, go ahead and enjoy it, and then let the past be the past. Move past it. So if you, let's say you say, uh, well, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to drink this, you know, and, but just one glass of wine and you end up getting five. Okay, mm-hmm. it happened. It's over with. Now just move forward and then go ahead and start your one, your day one, or whatever you're starting off on your new leaf and do that. Or just make sure if you keep it, if you say, tell yourself one, stick to one. Mm -hmm. So have the integrity of holding yourself accountable to what you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. So, and just stick to that and just move forward. Um, but know thyself is the biggest, 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 biggest one. That's just, especially during this holiday season, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, people know that they want to change. They know that the past 10 years, or because people always say, well, I don't want to gain 10, I always gain 10 pounds between Christmas, well, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and New Year's. I always gain 10 pounds, and I want to do something different. You really want to do something different? Yes, I, you really want to. So you have to change one thing. One thing. What's one thing that you could not do that you know that you usually do that gives you the ten pounds? Well, it's that uh, when you know I start eating chocolate every day from then on. For I go to office parties and I go, okay, well don't do that. Know yourself and just eat one piece. If you can't eat one piece, don't eat any at all. Okay. I don't know about that. With how much you want, not lose, lose, gain the ten pounds. Well, I really don't want to gain ten pounds. We'll just make that. Um, 
commitment to yourself mm-hmm. and stick to it. But know yourself and then and follow through with it. Um, but just and I think if you do that, you will be fine. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. If you now if you have no intention, you're just gonna start at New Year. Then just start. But uh, but uh, here I ask you this: sometimes if you don't start now, you won't start. Mm-hmm. If that has been your habit, if that's been your past, if that's been the past, what you've done the past ten years, five years, four years, that is a pattern. You have to recognize that and say, I need to do something different, and I need to do it. Now and it could be your now could be something small, or or whatever you can handle. But start now, like right now, like right now, where it's we've in the interview now. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's, You're welcome. It's so great to have you on and get us in the spirit of the new year, Mr. Kevin Bailey, health and wellness coach, life coach, strength and conditioning specialist, motivational speaker, and author. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. This was great. I really had a great time talking to you. Uh, and me as well. Have a happy and safe new year. You too. Thank you. I'm Lafern Cusack. This is ESPN LA 710. ESPN LA 710.